Well, good morning, everybody. We like to begin our services with this greeting that you won't be able to see. The Lord be with you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, this is the fourth Sunday of Advent. We are glad that you're joining us this last Sunday before Christmas. Would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. God, we are grateful for this, uh, this good news that we get to celebrate today, that you entered into our dark world and brought your light, that you entered into our brokenness to bring healing, that you, that you entered into our death to bring life. Thank you, God. Thank you for this amazing love that came down to us at Christmas time that we get to experience here and now today. God, you are so good, and we are so grateful. We, we know, God, how messed up our lives are, how messed up our world is. There are so many things that, that cause us to, to wonder, <laughs> you know, are things going to work out? Are things going to be okay? Has God forgotten us or is God still with us and here we are in this Advent season uh, right on the doorstep of Christmas remembering that you are with us that you come to us Emmanuel God with us God as we live in the the tension of this of knowing that you are with us but but looking around and seeing that things are not yet made right would you help us to, to take this tension and to, to allow it to lead us to you. In, in moments like this, God, may this, may this tension may it be like a rubber band that pulls us toward the God who loves us, the God who has demonstrated this love in so many amazing ways. We've heard this good news. It's been shouted from the mountaintops for a couple thousand years now that you love us, that you are with us. Now, God, would you help the reality of it to sink in, to define us, to so move us and change us that, that we would be willing to live in this world as different kinds of people because your love is changing us from the inside out because you have been gracious and good. Thank you, God. Thank you that today we get a chance to gather together virtually, <laughs> that we get a chance to, to worship you together with Christians around the world celebrating this amazing gift of love. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, the peace of the Lord be with you. And also with you. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, over and over again throughout this summer, you guys have gone uh, above and beyond the summer into the fall, now into the winter, as we have been in this unusual time of uh, not being able to gather like we usually would and, and not being able to do everything the way we normally would. As we've been figuring out these new things, you guys have been... Uh, uh, you guys have been a rock star, so thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, I should probably step up here a little bit as I do this part. Okay, here we go. Um, just real quick uh, announcements. Um, we would love to connect with you, and if you would like to connect with us, obviously you can leave a comment wherever you're watching this, uh, or you can go to livinghope.info connect, and you can fill out that little connect card, especially if there's some way that we can be praying for you or thanking God with you. We would love to know that. So please uh, click that link, uh, share with us uh, ways that you would like to connect. Uh, maybe you're just feeling a need for connection right now uh, during these uh, ever-darkening days of winter and uh, you're feeling isolated and you're wanting to reach out. 
please reach out. Click that link, fill out that form. That'll, that'll email us. We would love to call you, to connect with you, to encourage you, to pray for you. Uh, also, thank you to all of you who continue to give. Uh, if you're anything like, if your house is like ours, you've been getting a whole lot of things in the mail lately, inviting you to give to this, that, and the other thing. Lots and lots of good things to give to, and we thank you that you've continued to give to support the work that God's doing through this church. Uh, you can go to livinghope.info slash give and, and, uh, and give that way. One thing I want to remind you of, uh, we remind you every December, usually we have a tree out in the lobby to remind you. We can't put one out there right now, or we could, but you wouldn't see it. So we're putting one on your screen to remind you that you have a chance to warm someone's home this winter. We partner with um, a ministry called First Contact uh, that funnels resources from lots of different churches and uh, makes sure that people have gotten all the help they can from the trustee and from others. And so if you want to give to that, just give to the Good Neighbor Fund. Um, when you go to that livinghope.info slash give, uh, there's a little drop down for what fund you want to give to. And many of you gave for Habitat for Humanity. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, some of you have given to the building project or other things in the past. Some of you are giving for the mission church in Hammond, our sister church, to help them to finally fully get off the ground uh, by tackling some of their uh, facility issues that have been weighing them down and holding them back. Uh, I want to make sure you know you can give to that Good Neighbor Fund. That all goes to First Contact. None of that stays with us. It all goes out to help neighbors in need to make sure their rent is paid or their utility bills are paid or to make sure they can get medication they need, that sort of thing. So give to the Good Neighbor Fund and... Uh, and make a difference in the lives of some of your neighbors. Uh, now, we will meet again between now and next Sunday. Uh, on Thursday night, Christmas Eve, we're going to have our candlelight service, but we can't be in here, unfortunately. So we're having just an online service this Christmas Eve. Um, Anyway, we're having a Christmas Eve service this Thursday night at 5 o'clock. Uh, wherever you're watching this right now, you'll be able to watch, whether it's Facebook, YouTube, Vimeo, the church app, whatever it is, however it is that you're watching this right now, uh, just tune in Thursday night at 5 o'clock uh, or anytime after that. Uh, that Christmas Eve service will be there. Uh, we've got music from a lot of our musicians are chiming in, helping to provide uh, the Christmas carols. We'll be reading the Christmas story and... Um, Normally, and we'll be celebrating communion. If you want to gather together uh, bread and juice or other elements there at home, the closest you have to bread and juice uh, there at your home, we'll celebrate communion together. We won't be able to do the cookie distribution this Christmas Eve, but I do encourage you, uh, look for a way to reach out to a neighbor. Normally, Christmas Eve, we send you out with cookies to take to someone who's working the holiday. And uh, this year, since we can't do that, um, I encourage you just to find some way to reach out to someone um, to let them know that you appreciate them, to let, you know, let them know you're thinking of them, praying for them, someone you may maybe haven't connected with in a while, and uh, find a way to shoot them a text or give them a phone call and let them know that you are, are thinking of them, that you appreciate what they're doing and the role that they play in your life. Uh, that'd be a good thing. All right, um, we're going to have Pastor Judy come up and uh, lead us in our reading for this morning's Advent candle before we continue with this morning's message. We light these candles as a sign of the coming light of Christ. Advent means coming. We are preparing for the full coming of Christ. We are ready for Christ to come and make the fourth candle is a symbol of love. The commandments are all summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Come, glorify the Lord. In the depths of your being, rejoice in God our Savior. God has looked with favor on the low status of his servants. He has looked on us with his faithful love. From now on, we will consider our lives blessed because the Mighty One has done great things for us. Holy is His name. He shows mercy to everyone from one generation to the next. God has shown strength with His arm. He has scattered those with arrogant thoughts and proud inclinations. 
He has pulled the powerful down from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty-handed. He has come to the aid of his people. He remembers his steadfast love and mercy. No one has ever seen God. But when we love one another, his love is made complete in us. We are preparing for the love of the Lord to be revealed in us. Come, come quickly, quickly, Lord Jesus. Jesus. We, are we are ready, ready for, for you to come and make all things new. Thank you, Pastor Judy. Um, if you, if you missed last week, uh, Pastor Judy brought the message, and uh, I encourage you to go and find that. Watch last week's message. It was a good one. I heard lots of good things from several of you. Uh, so we're, we're thrilled to have her uh, on the team here at Living Hope now. Uh, this morning, we are uh, on this fourth Sunday of Advent. Love is the theme, and we're looking at a story that is fairly familiar. If you've been a Christian or if you've ever watched the Charlie Brown Christmas special, you have heard Luke and his introduction to the story of Jesus, or at least you've heard part of it. Um, Scott read from part of it earlier. Uh, thank you, Scott. Um, you know, we've got all four of these Gospels in our Bibles, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and they all tell Jesus' story in a slightly unique way. Uh, they all started off a little differently. They all tell the stories a little differently as they give their perspective for the people they were telling the story to. And uh, Luke goes into a lot more detail uh, in some interesting ways. And to try to get us into that, uh, we're going to watch a quick four-minute video from the folks at the Bible Project. Now, before, before you start that... Uh, we were just talking about that before the service started. We've used some of their videos in the past. They've given us permission to share these and to use these and that kind of thing. Uh, they do fantastic work. Anytime I can turn any of you guys on to the work of the Bible Project, I'm happy to do it. Katie was just telling me she listens to their podcast now, uh, which that's phenomenal. I do too. Uh, it's, it's good stuff. It's Bible scholarship uh, brought down to a level that all of us can understand. And whether it's the videos that they give out free on YouTube or whether it's their podcasts or any other resource that they use, I encourage you, go to BibleProject.com uh, or just search for them on YouTube. Um, they do a wonderful job of helping us get into the scriptures and to, to understand what God is communicating to us through them. So we're going to watch a quick four-minute video on the beginning of Luke's story. The Gospel of Luke. Luke investigated many of the earliest eyewitnesses of the life of Jesus and then composed this account. And the story begins up in the hills of Jerusalem, the place where Israel's ancient prophets said that God himself would come one day to establish his kingdom over all the earth. In this city is the temple run by the priests. And one of them, named Zechariah, was working in the temple when he had a vision that freaks him out. An angel appears and says that he and his wife will have a son. What's this all about? Well, Zechariah and his wife, we're told, are very old. They've never been able to have children. And Luke's setting up a parallel here with Abraham and Sarah, the great ancestors of Israel, because they too were very old and could never have kids. Yet God gave them a son, Isaac, which is how the whole story of Israel began. And so Luke's implying here that God's about to do something that significant for this people once again. The angel tells Zechariah to name the son John. And then he says that this son's going to fulfill a promise of Israel's ancient prophets, that somebody would come one day to prepare Israel to meet their God when he arrived to rule in Jerusalem. Because right now, Jerusalem is ruled by the Romans. Yeah, specifically, it's governed by a man named Herod, who's a puppet king under the Roman Empire. And so the Jewish people wanted nothing more than to be free and govern themselves in their own land. 
So this is shocking news. Everything's going to change. God's on his way. But how is he going to arrive? Well, to find out, Luke takes us out of Jerusalem and then up into a small town in the hills of an out-of-the-way region called Galilee. There we find a young woman named Mariam, or we call her Mary. She was engaged to be married. And then an angel appears to Mary, saying that she's going to have a son. She's supposed to name him Jesus, which in Hebrew means the Lord saves. And he will be a king like David, who will rule over God's people forever. And then Mary asks, okay, well, how is this possible? Because I'm a virgin. And she's told that the same Holy Spirit that brought life and light out of darkness in Genesis chapter 1 is going to generate life inside her womb. God is about to bind himself to humanity through the conception and the birth of the Messiah. And so Mary goes from some backwoods no-name girl to the future mother of the king? Exactly. In fact, she sings a song about how this reversal of her own social status points to a greater upheaval to come. Through her son, God's going to bring down rulers from their thrones and exalt the poor and the humble. He's going to turn the whole world order upside down. So when Mary was really pregnant, she and her fiancé Joseph had to go down to Bethlehem. Yeah, there was a decree across the Roman Empire about new taxes, and so everybody had to go get registered in the town of their family line. There are so many visitors in Bethlehem, they can't find a guest room. And so the only place they can find is a spot where animals sleep. Now nearby were some shepherds with their flocks, and an angel appears, which of course freaks them out. But they're told to celebrate, because tonight in Bethlehem, a savior has been born. Yeah, they're told to go and find this baby, and they'll know that it's the Messiah because he's going to be wrapped up and laying in a grimy feeding trough. Yeah, which is pretty gross. Totally. And then these shepherds, who aren't very clean themselves, they go and find the newborn Jesus in this really dingy place, and their minds are blown. They go home wondering what on earth is about to happen. And this is all really strange. I mean, if God's really coming to save the world, this isn't how you would expect him to arrive. Born in an animal shelter to a teenage girl, celebrated by no-name shepherds. Exactly. I mean, everything is backwards in Luke's story, and that's the point. He is showing how God's kingdom was first revealed in these dirty places among the poor, because Jesus is here to bring salvation by turning our world order upside down. I thought you might appreciate this, that little look at the beginning of, of Luke's story. Now, the second part of that, obviously, as Jesus is being born and the shepherds and all of that, we're going to look at this Thursday night as part of our Christmas Eve celebration. But that first part about the angel coming to Mary, that's our text that we're given today that Christians around the world are, are looking at this morning. From Luke chapter 1, starting with verse 26, uh, let, me, let me read it to you. It says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. 
how will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. Um, This is the word of the Lord for us today, uh, brought to us uh, from Luke. As Luke has, as you read the beginning of his story, uh, he says he is investigating. And we, we imagine that Luke probably spent some time with Mary, that down the road as, uh, you know, Jesus had lived and died and, ri- and uh, risen again and ascended into heaven. And, you know, the disciples were traveling all over the known world, telling people the good news about how God was turning things right side up again, or upside down, right side up, how God was flipping the script on us in Jesus, that King Jesus had arrived and he was making all things new. As they went around telling people that, at some point, people decided, you know, we really should write these things down. Uh, You know what, um, uh, Peter's not always in town, and and we want to catch what he has to say. And and maybe as these uh, folks were getting older, maybe as Mary was getting older herself, uh, Luke is saying, you know, could could we come and sit and and hear you tell that story again? I want to write this down for other people to hear. We're pretty sure that that's where Luke got a lot of his stories because of how Mary-centric his his, story. his gospel begins. Uh, but he alternates between these, uh, these two characters, these two people. He's got uh, Elizabeth and Zechariah, the old couple, who uh, end up um, becoming pregnant and giving birth to the man who will become John the Baptist, uh, who you know, makes the way for Jesus. And Mary, engaged to Joseph, descended from uh, King David, who will bring Jesus into the world. They keep, he keeps alternating between them. Um, Leading up to this has been the announcement to Zechariah, the priest, that they're going to have a child. And uh, Zechariah's got questions, and so the angel says, you know what, no more questions. You can't talk until the baby's born, and you name him John. And, uh, and so Zechariah is, is muted uh, for a section of the story. And then it switches to Mary and this announcement to her. And uh, by the time, this must be six months later, because Elizabeth now is six months pregnant, we're told, which I think, in my head, I kind of think that might be significant. They might have waited long enough to make sure that when Mary goes to visit Elizabeth, which is what happens next, that it's obvious that this angel has told the truth, right? I mean, I don't, I've never been pregnant. I don't know a whole lot about pregnancy. Uh, but by the sixth month, it's like, oh, there's something going on there, right? I mean, like it's visible and, you know, the baby's moving around and stuff. And so I kind of imagined that the angel kind of waited until then or they, you know, they timed this out so that when Mary went to visit Elizabeth, she would see like, oh my goodness, it's true. You really are pregnant. This is really happening. And um, there's a whole moment there and then Mary bursts out in song. And so I'm hoping that we'll get to that song that she sings in just a moment. Um, but, but first, I wanted to say that um, you know, we're, what we're seeing here is, uh, is an old tradition of God doing new things. That we see in the Old Testament, uh, the video pointed out that Abraham and Sarah were one example of an old couple, childless couple, and God comes and says, hey, you're going to have a child. And so Elizabeth and Zechariah are kind of following that pattern, as well as others in the Old Testament, where we see God doing something new, stepping in, answering prayers to show his faithful love. But... Um, But as Luke alternates between um, Elizabeth and Zechariah and Mary and Joseph, between John the Baptist and then the ministry of Jesus, uh, it's it's clear that kind of this this old tradition is is ending. Uh, John the Baptist seems to be the last of the prophets 
of the tradition of the prophets that God sends. And, uh, and he is pointing his way toward the one to come, toward the Messiah, the anointed one, the King, Jesus. And that's what John the Baptist does in his life. And so here we have this announcement uh, to Mary, which kind of feels similar. I mean, it, it's another miracle conception. It's another miracle uh, child that's showing up. But Mary's in a very different circumstance, right? I mean, uh, Elizabeth and Zechariah, they were old. They've been kind of like praying and hoping for a child for a long time. And Mary's like, she's young. She's not married yet even. And uh, as far as we know, this is completely unexpected. You know, this seems to be totally out of the blue, that God is doing a new thing in a new way, that he's, he's like, I know I'm a God that does new things, but this is even going to be a newer new thing? I don't know. It reminds me of how uh, people have made fun of our church's name before, that we're this living hope, like the hopiest hope, you know, that, we, that there is around. This is like the, the newest new uh, that's happening here with Mary. Um, the, and the angel says to her, you are greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Uh, some of the resources that we were given uh, for all of this remind me that this is not just being said to Mary, but it's being said to all of us. We're all listening in to what the angel says to Mary here. It's being shared with all of us in part because we are realizing that in this coming Christ, in this coming of Jesus, that God is with all of us, that God is looking with favor, all, looking favorably at all of us. The angels say as much to the shepherds uh, a little bit later in chapter 2. Now, Mary at first is troubled by this idea, like, oh, what kind of greeting is that? What is this going to mean for me, that I'm favored by God, that, that something's happening? What, it's a little bit uh, uh, surprising and uh, unsettling. And so the angel has to calm her and say, look, 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 settle down. You found favor with God. This amazing thing's going to happen, just like we saw in the video. You're going to be the mother to the new king who is coming. Now, we are not all going to be, uh, obviously, the mother to the new king. But we are all invited to carry Christ with us into the world. Um, just in case, I'm kind of jumping to the end here. Just in case you, uh, you tune out or your internet connection goes down, all right? Uh, each one of us, God is looking at us with favor. You might feel like you're a nobody. You might feel like you're like Mary, just some random person um, in some random town just doing your thing in life. But God looks at you today with favor. God looks at you today with love and says he is with you, that he is for you, that God is not ultimately against you, but that he loves you. And if you will respond to his love, if you will say yes to that, your life can be changed. And that's what most of us, I'm guessing, that are watching this, if you've tuned in today, it's because you're a part of this church or it's because uh, you love Jesus and you're just kind of you know, browsing to see what other churches are doing. I know I've been doing a lot of that in this season where every, pretty much every church has got services online. I've been going to see what's going on at my friends' churches and that kind of thing. And so maybe you're one of those. You're just kind of tuning in to, to see what's happening over here at Living Hope. Uh, but I'm, my guess is that most of us are probably Christians watching this. I know not all of us, but but most of us. And if that's you, if you are a Christian, then guess what? The Spirit of Christ lives within you. And you are invited to carry Christ into the world. This invitation to Mary to, to carry Christ, to bring Christ into the world that first time is an invitation given to you and to me that we get to carry Christ with us wherever we go, whatever we do as a part of God's family, as a part of God's people, as someone who uh, has got the Holy Spirit of God living within us. All right, we'll back up again. Sorry. Uh, hoping your internet connection has stayed solid and you're still with us. All right, we'll continue. Um, there are all kinds of connections going on here with the Old Testament story. Um, 
you know, we've already been told in an earlier part of Luke chapter 1 that, uh, that Joseph is from the line of David, uh, David the, the king that God had established over, over his kingdom and, and some of the other scriptures that were given. If you've got the, um, the devotional guide, let earth receive her king, then you've seen in today's reading at the top, there are some other scriptures that you can go and read. And if you do, you'll see some of the promises that God made to David, that he would establish his kingdom, that it would be a kingdom that would never end, that one day there would be a ruler to sit on his throne. And we're seeing those promises fulfilled right now. We are seeing that God in his faithful love uh, has not forgotten the promises that he has made to his people. And so as we saw in the angel's words, the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He'll reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. What does that look like? (laughs) What does it look like for Jesus to be king? What does it mean for God to show up uh, unexpectedly in our lives, to, to show up on the scene? Well, as we saw from the video, one thing it means is that things are not going to stay the same. Your your life doesn't just go on unchanged once Jesus shows up, right? Once you encounter Jesus, once you have one of these moments where you realize Jesus knows me and is calling me, is inviting me into this new life with the God who loves me, the God who made me, your life doesn't just continue as if nothing happened. Your life is changed, We were told uh, years and years ago when we were first married that uh, when the day comes that we have kids, uh, your life will never be the same. Um, Anyone who's got kids, had kids, that you know that that's true. We have discovered that to be true in our old age as we have these these, uh, four, almost five-year-old twins in our house that life just is not the same as it was before. And um, Mary, I'm sure, is experiencing those thoughts right now. She was in a very precarious place, not yet married, knowing that her husband could uh, divorce her, she, or, or worse, because the, the assumption would be that she was um, you know, unfaithful. And, uh, and that's why she's turning up pregnant before they're married. And, um, and so she's, her obedience is a, is a risky one, right? Uh, her life is not the same after this. I'm sure she had thoughts, she had dreams, she had imagined kind of what life would be like, and and all of that has changed now. Um, Some for the better, some just very, very different, I'm sure. I'm sure there are joys she never could have anticipated and sorrows she never could have anticipated. Likewise, our lives are never the same. Once we hear the call of God, once we say yes to him, once we invite him to change us, we are truly changed. He doesn't just forgive our sins and say, okay, go have fun now. He forgives our sins and he embraces us. He he calls us into this new kind of life where we have a new king, where Jesus gets to rule. That's the theme of this devotional guide was let earth receive her king. And I've always loved that line from the Christmas carol um, because our hearts have to prepare him room. We have to make room in our hearts and in our lives for Jesus as king. There is a, a great temptation for us in reading the Christmas story, especially Luke's very familiar version of it, to kind of sentimentalize it, to kind of see the story and think, aww, you know, to have that reaction, the, the aww, oh, Jesus, God loved us so much, he gave us his, his son Jesus to be a cute little baby in this cute little manger, and aww. You know, and we've got a couple of nativity scenes at our house. You know, one is the kind of the grown-up version, and then there's one for our kids. And, uh, you know, that little bed of hay looks so comfy. And we were just telling our boys the other day, like, that probably wasn't that comfortable. Remember when we went and uh, we sat on those hay bales and we went on the little hay ride? Remember how pokey that hay was? Yeah, remember this, this baby's trying to sleep on some pokey hay, you know. And uh, it, it just all looks so sweet, and the 
Christmas cards that we send each other make it look so nice and so beautiful. Um, but this is God stepping into his world that he created to rule it as king through his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus shows up to us not to just be a cute little baby on a card that we put up somewhere uh, for a couple of weeks until we clear off all the Christmas decorations and kind of move on with life. Jesus shows up to be king. He makes claims that we have to respond to. What does it look like when the king shows up? Well, that's, that's if we want to look at Mary's song that she sings. This is one of the other scriptures that we're given today. Um, uh, after she visits Elizabeth, uh, she bursts out into this song. We have it in Luke chapter 1, starting with verse 46. It says, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary is recognizing that the child to be born to her, the child she will carry uh, for nine months before any of us get a chance to see him, before the shepherds show up, before anyone else gets to see uh, Jesus, Mary carries him, and this child that she will carry is going to be king. He's going to do the work of God, the work that God uh, begins, that we see it demonstrated in the Old Testament. We see him promising to make things right, that when people cry out, when people put their trust in him and God shows up on the scene, he makes things right. And this is a challenge for us. It's a challenge for me. I, I guess I should say it's a challenge for me. Whether it's a challenge for you or not, I don't know. It's a challenge for me when I read these things and I think, okay, the rich and the powerful those who are proud, those are the ones who, when, when he turns things right side up, I love the way they illustrated that in that little video, when he turns things right side up, it will be the humble who are lifted up. It will be the, the hungry who are filled with good things. Those who are rich are the ones in the proud. They will be scattered. They will be pulled down from their thrones. And I feel this because I understand that in the, in the scope of things, when I look around the world, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the rich. I'm one of the wealthy. It's not just my name. I mean, it's like we are wealthy. I have resources far beyond what I need for today, far beyond my, my daily bread that we will pray for in just a moment. And so what do I do with that? What does it mean for you and for me who have some measure of power, some measure of resources, some measure of responsibility? What does it mean when King Jesus shows up in our lives and begins to make things right? I have a tendency to be proud. I have a tendency to be self-sufficient, to think I know what is best for me, for mine. What does that mean when King Jesus shows up on the scene and makes claims 
on my resources, makes claims on my life, makes claims on my sovereignty, and says, oh, you think you're in charge? Oh, that's so cute. (laughs) You're not in charge. Oh, you think that's all yours and that all belongs to you and it was just your own hard work and effort that allowed you to accumulate that all. all. Oh, that's, oh, that's so, so naive. <laughs> when the king says, I, I, I blessed you like that so that you could be a blessing to others. When the king shows up and says, oh yes, I, I've allowed you to live in this country where you have a voice, where you get to speak, where you get to vote, where you get to participate in your civic life. Um, because I want you to use that power on behalf of others to to help lift others up. When he tells me that my life isn't all about me, but then when he says, look, I've got work that I'm doing here in the world and I'm inviting you to be a part of it, will you join me? Well, it can be a a big ask for some of us. Um, For some of you, I know our church is made up of all sorts Some of you are right there where Mary was. Some of you are in a place in life where you have very few resources, where the idea of God lifting up the humble makes you think, oh, good, finally, I'm going to be lifted up. Finally, I'm going to get some relief. Finally, I'm going to get some rest. Finally, I'm going to get some help if Jesus shows up on the scene. And there are others of us where what we're being told is, look, you get to be the one that offers this help. Look, you get to be the one who who goes and and lifts up. You get to be the one that uses your power to empower others, to give your voice, to make sure that other voices can be heard. If you want to be a part of what I'm doing, you're welcome. You can come, but you have to lay down your rights. You have to lay down your sovereignty. You You have to recognize that I am king and follow me as such. Mary was willing to do that. This life-changing, completely life-altering announcement that she receives. Yes, she's got questions. Who wouldn't? But once it's spelled out for her, she says, look, I am the Lord's servant. She says, I know who I am. I know where my role is in this whole big thing. You're the Lord. You're the master. You are God. You are king. I am your servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. May I have the life that you want me to have. May my life, my resources, my power, my voice, may it all be used by you in service of your greater mission in the world to provide for people you love, to to help be an answer to prayers for people who are crying out. We are invited to be a part of this grand work that God is doing. And it's God's work. It's not our work. This is not some... uh, Oh, some situation where we just kind of come up with some things like, oh, we ought to do this. And, you know, we're just kind of out there trying to be do-gooders or something. Uh, No, this is us recognizing God is doing some amazing work and he is inviting us into it. And we just get to be a part of it. We get to submit ourselves to him and to be a part of this amazing family that he is uh, bringing forth into the world. That's uh, that's one other angle on this thing. Um, Some of us, we hear these stories and we think, oh, that's nice that... You know, Elizabeth and Zechariah got a, got a baby in their old age. Oh, it's nice that Mary got a, got a baby. And, and kind of kind of fit this whole thing into that, again, kind of that uh, Hallmark card or Hallmark movie kind of picture of like, oh, so God's just kind of helping these people to be happy. And, uh, but I'm not happy. I don't have that. I didn't have that child. I didn't have that family. I didn't have those blessings, those good things. 
Well, God is doing something new. He's, he's kind of uh, undoing some of that family stuff, actually. He's saying like, oh, yeah, Mary, you're a virgin? Guess what? Family happens anyway, you know. He, he's inviting all of us to be a part of this, this new family, this new global, multi-ethnic, multi, uh, multinational family uh, that God is forging in the world, and you and I get to be a part of that. We get to have brothers and sisters around the world not based on who we are or our heritage or our traditions or whatever shows up when we send off the stuff to 23andMe and all of that. Not based on any of that stuff. Just saw a headline that somebody did one of those things, found out she was a princess or something. I was like, whoa, really? Wow, okay. I didn't click the link because, you know, whatever. But uh, it doesn't matter, any of that stuff. Your past is not the reason why you were invited into this new family. This is God doing something new. God forging a new family from all sorts of folks, if we are willing to humble ourselves and to recognize our role and to be a part of it. Out of love for us, God comes to us in Jesus and we find ourselves loved by him. We find ourselves cared for. We find ourselves with a heavenly father who is with us. God becomes Emmanuel, God with us, present with us wherever we are so that we then can be with others carrying the promise of God's presence into the world sharing with others the good news that they too are loved by God now again none of us are going to bear the Christ child like like Mary did but we're called to the same level of discipleship to obediently follow after God to do the hard things that he calls us to to carry his love, to carry Christ to others, to reveal the, the belovedness of humanity, to reveal to, to other people that they are loved by God, people who might not realize that. You know, we know the hurt that we've experienced. We know the things that God has, has healed in us, and there are other people out there hurting too, and we get to go and, and share with them the healing that we have received, the, the comfort, the love. We get to sing words of defiant hope the same way that Mary did. That we carry love and truth to our world as God's kingdom breaks in. Well, Christ is still God with us today. The Holy Spirit still in the business of breathing life into unexpected places. The kingdom of God is still breaking in on earth as it is in heaven. God is choosing to use you and me to carry that message to be the bearers of Christ into the world, to bring hope and peace and joy and love with us wherever we go so that the world might remember how loved they are and join in this beautiful new family being united by the love of God and the power of God's Holy Spirit. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for these stories <laughs> of your love that we have in Scripture, that we, we come back to year after year remembering um, that out of love for us, you came to us. You entered into the reality that we find ourselves in. And some of us right now sitting in the grief or the pain or the frustration that we are in, um, God, we need to feel your presence with us. We need, we need to hear from you that we are favored by you, that we are loved by you. 
God, I pray that right now, by your Holy Spirit, you would speak such words to the hearts of all who need to hear them. That whatever your past, whatever your present circumstances, whatever future you have imagined for yourself, how bright or how bleak that may have have been in your imaginations, that right now the God of the universe is looking at you with love. Help us, God. Help us to see that in the Christmas cards, in the Christmas carols. Help us to see your love coming down at Christmas, embracing us in all of our brokenness, in all of our mess, in all of our weakness, in our humble state. Thank you, God, that we can know here and now that we are not alone, that you are with us, And you invite us to be a part of this this new family that you are forging. Thank you, God. Thank you for giving us brothers and sisters uh, here and around the world. That we get to be a part of this family. We get to be a part of this kingdom. We get to be a part of this movement of your Holy Spirit. Reaching out to everyone. Letting them know that they are loved by you. Please, God. Would you not only forgive our sins... I mean, that would be enough. <laughs> we, we thank you, God, for your grace, for your mercy, that you don't hold that against us, but that you, you wash us clean and, and you make us new. I mean, that is amazing in and of itself. And there may be some of us today that we just need to experience that, God. We just need to experience your forgiveness and your grace and your mercy. Oh, the, the lightness that comes when the burden is lifted. Thank you, God, for your love and for forgiveness and for new life. Then to think that as people that you made, people you love that are out there that have no idea of your love, people who are out there who have no idea uh, what you have done in Jesus, when they're just kind of getting sick of the Christmas carols or the lights or the whatever, God, they have no idea. And you use us to carry your grace, to carry your love, to carry this good news to them. Would you help us to be willing to say yes to you, just like Mary did? Would you help us to be willing to to let our lives be used by you, our resources, our voice, our power, whatever, our presence, to be used by you to bring your love to people who desperately need it? Thank you, God. Thank you for loving us. In just a few minutes, we're going to celebrate uh, the celebration of communion, the sacrament of your love. And we offer to you today, God, these gifts of bread and juice. We pray that by your Holy Spirit's presence here with us, wherever we are, right where we are right now, we pray that we might meet our crucified and risen Savior here, the God-made flesh. God, we offer you ourselves. We offer you our lives, our heart, soul, mind, and strength, body, soul, spirit. However you want to divide us up, God, you've got all of us. We offer all of ourselves to you today and pray that by your Holy Spirit's work in us, we might be transformed, we might be changed. By your Holy Spirit, we might be the body of Christ, that we might carry Christ with us wherever we go. Thank you, God. We pray all this 
hearts overflowing with gratitude. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Would you pray with me the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Um, If you are celebrating communion with us from home, uh, now is your chance, if you haven't already, to gather those elements of bread and juice. And um, on the night that uh, that Jesus was betrayed, he uh, gathered with his disciples. He took bread and he gave thanks for it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. When you eat this, do it in remembrance of me. Let's take and eat. Likewise, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. He says, This seals the new agreement between God and humanity. When you drink this, do it in remembrance of me. Let's take and drink. Thank you once again, Lord Jesus, for coming to where we are, entering into our brokenness, taking our death, and giving us wholeness, forgiveness, life. Fill us today with with your Holy Spirit, with the Spirit of Christ, so that as we go on to whatever we've got the rest of today, the rest of this week, as we move on into Christmas celebrations, uh, as, we, as we continue with the frustrations of not being able to do all that we would like to do, God, may we walk through these coming weeks with the Spirit of Christ leading us, empowering us to share Christ with everyone that we come into contact with, everyone you send us to. Thank you, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, I, would, I do hope that you will join us uh, this Thursday for our Christmas Eve celebration. Uh, but before we uh, call, it a, call it a service, uh, I want to leave you with this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen.